This is the Friday, the 13th, October 13th, 2023 edition of Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap, KFGO.com. My name is Ryan Janke, and I'm here with Corey Litton. It's a lucky day today. It is lucky. Friday the 13th. you got to love that. <laughs> and it's right before Halloween in October. I mean, come on. This is perfect. You can't ask for anything better than that. No. Do you know of any, like... uh Places where you go stay near a lake or anything like Camp Crystal Lake or something like Ooh, that. Ooh, no Camp Crystal, <laughs> but uh, I was just down in Wishick this week. We could go to Green Lake or we could go to uh, Lake Haskins or yeah. I mean, I have my own lake cabin, but we've never seen never seen any serial killers out there. At least none <laughs> none in the act of. It's probably for the best. Yeah, right. All right, we had some NASCAR action Sunday, October the 8th, the Charlotte Roval. Here's the last lap as called on NASCAR.com. He's going to try to use every braking zone to his advantage, try to carry as much speed as he can, go to the throttle a little quicker than he's been able to, but as he pushes the car, asking for more, the car won't give it to him. You can see the 16 got away from him right there. That was just simply William Byron trying to get more speed. That is the breathing room that A.J. Allmendinger was looking for as they head down the backstretch, Rick, into that chicane. Last time in, William Byer definitely carried more speed in the braking zone. This time, Allmendinger has a little bit of a gap. Byron knows there are five playoff points out there. He's going to be aggressive these final turns, but Allmendinger still with a five-six car length advantage now. Albendinger's last win was at the Indianapolis Road Course back in 2021. That's 50 starts ago. And now, A.J. Allmendinger, out of the final turn, he wins at the Charlotte Roval. So do you know the amount of show prep you have to come up with to figure out how many races it's been since A.J. Allmendinger <laughs> has won a race? I can only imagine. Got to give up props to uh, to uh, Rick Allen there, and uh, not only for you know doing that as well as being on tour with, with Def Leppard. Um, <laughs> so, it's the name of the drummer. I know. He put his arm back on for the broadcast. Uh, oh, he did, huh? All right, so A.J. <laughs> Allmendinger picked up his third career win when he held off the uh, charging William Byron on Sunday. It was the second win for the underdog Kulag racing team, or Kaldik racing team, since the Indy Road Course in 2021, and as you caught there. That was 50 mm-hmm. races ago. Uh, Kyle Busch was leading until the Dinger took the lead with eight laps completed in the final stage. That pass dropped Busch all the way from making the cut. He would have He would have been in the final eight, or the uh, the round of eight, and it dropped him all the way down to 12th place, dead last of all the cars that had a chance. Uh, that was below the cut line on elimination day. Brad Keselowski, Ross Chastain, and Bubba Wallace were all eliminated as well. Ugh, that's a bummer with Ross because he finished 10th. Yeah, right? he was, you know, kind of in contention. Yeah. Uh, you know, because, I mean, anytime you're in the top 10 at a road course, Something could happen. Right. I mean, brakes could go out, anything like that. And all of a sudden, you're moving up a few spots, and maybe you have a shot at the win at the end. And yeah. uh, the way that they throw caution flags in NASCAR, you always have a chance <laughs> at the, until the very end. Well, that's true. But yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, stage one, Tyler Reddick won that. Uh, Bubba Wallace second, Ross Chastain third. Fourth was Martin Truex Jr., fifth, Christopher Bell, sixth, Daniel Suarez, Chase Elliott, seventh, Kyle Busch, eighth, ninth, Ty Gibbs, and then in tenth was A.J. Allmendinger. Stage two, Chase Elliott won that with Christopher Bell behind him in second, third, Denny Hamlin, fourth, Tyler Reddick, Kyle Larson in fifth, Ross Chastain in sixth, seventh was Bubba Wallace, 
Martin Truex Jr. came in eighth, ninth, Michael McDowell, and Kyle Busch rounded out the top ten in stage number two. And then for the finish, of course, A.J. Allmendinger won. Uh, William Byron second, Kyle Busch third, fourth was Ty Gibbs, Joey Logano fifth, Tyler Reddick sixth, seventh was Chris Busher, Alex Bowman eighth, Chase Elliott in ninth, my guy Ross Chastain in tenth, and your guy Ryan Blaney finished in the twelfth spot. Where does that leave us for points? So right now, William Byron is the point leader. He is 20 points up on the cut line. Uh, then it's Martin Truex Jr. He's 15 points up. None of these people are safe yet because no. they've, they've just done the cut. Uh, so then it's Denny Hamlin in third. He's 11 points up. In uh, fourth, it's Kyle Larson, who's three points above the cut line. Then in fifth, three points back is Chris Busher. In uh, sixth, then it'll be Christopher Bell, eight points back. Tyler Reddick in seventh, eight points back also. And Ryan Blaney is now, he went from being one of the top two cars to yeah. eighth. Yeah. Ten that, points back. That's the nature of this point system, right? I mean, it it can go either way really fast. You know, one of the things that I like about it is, you know, playing the uh, the NASCAR game on very easy mode, you know, and uh-huh. winning every race. And still you 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 can win 35 or 36 races and still have a chance to lose it in the last race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, it does put an emphasis on winning, of course. Right. Because, you That's know, what we're here to do. Yeah. You win, you're in. Right. And so, uh, yeah, like uh, like I said, Ross Chastain finished 10th. Uh, I didn't watch the race, uh, but I did see he finished tenth. Oh, he should be okay. No, nope, wasn't okay. Even <laughs> with uh, even with this uh, uh, tenth place in in um, or a, a top ten, I mean, in the uh, was it the second stage two? Yeah, stage two. He finished sixth. Um, just still did, not enough. Not not enough. Yeah. So uh, uh, ratings. NBC scored a one point four six rating with two point three nine million viewers. Uh, that's 800,000 more than last week at Talladega on the USA Network, which... More proof. More proof. That NASCAR's dying. <laughs> well, for me, uh, maybe some proof that it, it's football season now. Right. Right? And um, between that and putting Talladega on the USA Network, just put it on the channels everybody can watch. Right. I mean, what are you trying to lose here with this? I know they don't have anything. I mean, Talladega, that's a, you know, East Coast. Yeah. That's East Coast time zone, so you don't have to worry so much about about being uh too late for the Sunday night football. Right. So, you're not going to compete with that. You're not going to ruin it. Yeah. Unless they're worried about spreading all their broadcasters thin. Right. All, all the camera people, uh, behind the scenes people, you never know. Well, but. that that could be too, but I they I would imagine that they've got their own separate nascar crew i mean they you know they got to think ahead on these things i would imagine and that i i yeah i don't get it i mean um it just uh why especially the playoffs i mean in every other sport for the most part the playoffs are on the channels everybody can watch except for baseball has been the way that way lately for yeah. a while it was tbs and tnt you're right and yep. now it's been on espn and then some of the games are on fox yeah or, yeah. or abc or, or whatever no fox and that that always baffles me because yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. it, it's uh it's been funny because and that's the only reason why i got like youtube tv is so i could watch <laughs> playoff baseball right and <laughs> yeah so well enough kvetching i suppose next up is uh this sunday october the 15th my last- birthday What's that? My birthday. Happy birthday. The big 4-0. 4-1. 
Oh, four one. Four one. I tried that. Come on, I tried to help you out. (laughs) I tried to help you out. (laughs) Sunday, October fifteenth, Corey Litton's birthday. You can go uh, buy him a beverage over to Duffy's if you want to. Las Vegas. They were on three. (laughs) Las Vegas Motor Speedway around one thirty on NBC. Uh, Other NASCAR news. So this is pretty uh, one of these pretty awesome things that have been coming up here. NASCAR has made some big, big announcements as of late. Uh, they brought up the schedule here uh, Wednesday, October 4th. Uh, they released their 2024 schedule, and it was the, the biggest surprise is the addition of the Iowa Speedway as part of a triple header weekend with the Arkham Menard Series and the Xfinity Series. This will be the biggest thing to hit the, um, what is it, 0.875 uh, Newton, Iowa racetrack, 0.875 of a mile. Okay. It really can't come up with a. It's weird. It's not a three fraction. quarters. It's not a mile. It's, it's almost somewhere a in, mile. Somewhere in between. Is it like a seven eighths mile? <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. It's between three quarter and one. That's got to be pretty close. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest thing to hit that track in Newton, Iowa, since Dean Whipple. If you remember that really crappy movie, uh huh. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, the, the I race, liked it. The, I thought it was terrible. <laughs> it still set the benchmark. It was. Uh, I, I liked it, but I can't remember the name of it. At any cost. Yeah. Uh, at any price. At any price. Yeah. At any yeah. price. Which, by the way, we're bringing that bit back here in a couple of sure. weeks. As soon as the, the, this stuff kind of dies down, um, I'm going to give you some assignments, and you're going to laugh. All right. So, yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> the race weekend, though, will take place June 14th through the 16th of the Cup Series race on the 16th at 7 p.m. ish, which is weird. Set on a Sunday night, 7 p.m. start time. That is weird. In June, though, so, I mean, you only got baseball to play against, That's true. That's true. Uh, Let's see here. Also, on uh, Thursday, October the 5th, NASCAR announced that it will be partnering with iRacing for a new simulation-style console racer. NASCAR and iRacing have been working together since 2010, but this new agreement means iRacing will take over the NASCAR brand for video games. I think that is phenomenal. That's awesome. I mean, because one of the coolest things about this is, so iRacing, they don't just work with with NASCAR. They work at every level of racing, from carts all the way up to uh, indie cars, like all kinds of racetracks. They have scanned. Mm-hmm. They've gone through with their 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 big stuff and, and scanning stuff in, which means we'll finally get North Wilkesboro on a video game for the first time in a while. Um I, I'm 100% for this because, I mean, iRacing has been about as close to, I mean, their goal is to make it as realistic as possible, mm-hmm. which in, uh, you know, again, adding a lot of the extra tracks and stuff like that, because they know the NASCAR heat version right now is you started dirt tracks and you yeah. go up to trucks and Xfinity and, and NASCAR Cup Series, and you'll be able to get some of the tracks that you don't he haven't seen in quite a while and knowing as long as iRacing has been around you'll be able to get some of the dead tracks possibly if they could afford the licensing rights on some of the tracks that have been gone for many years like say a nazareth or something like mm-hmm. that you know some of the the cool old tracks from back in the day they still have the code base for all of that stuff yeah so they could be able to come out in and, and uh bring some of those old tracks back and i think that would be That'd be one of my favorite things. Plus, that'll be fun. It's just going to be really fun to play that game. Yeah, I think so. I, I, it, anytime you get a new partnership like this, they want to come out of the gates strong. And I and iRacing has been doing this for a while and uh, at a high level. I mean, it, not everybody, but everybody knows what iRacing is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, so. Yeah, and you know, let's see if uh, Kyle Larson gets put on it. Yeah, I, yeah, we'll we'll see. Too soon. 
<laughs> Maybe on mute. You missed it. We we had a special guest on the other side of the glass, but he's gone oh. now. So <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. So we'll 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 uh, we'll keep an eye on that. I'm sure you'll be reviewing that coming up at some point. Can't wait. Yes, sir. So, World of Outlaws, what happened? Well, Friday, October 6th and Saturday, October 7th, they're at the Port Royal Speedway, Port Royal, Pennsylvania. The Friday night edition had Sunshine, Tyler Courtney, who scored his first win in two years over David Gravel and uh, James McFadden on Friday night. The point leader, Brad Sweet, finished in the sixth spot, meaning the point lead was cut down to 82 points over David Gravel. Donnie Schatz had a rough night finishing 23rd, but that'd be the best night of the weekend for him, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, which is not good. Saturday, Zeb Wise earned his first career top five on Saturday night's main event with his first career win at the World of Outlaws level, and that was over the previous night's winner, Tyler Courtney and Logan Schuhart. David Gravel ended up finishing in the fourth spot, and uh, Brad Sweet finished in 11th, meaning the gap between Sweet and Gravel is now 68 points, which is, that's getting big. We're really, we're winding down the season here. That uh, that ends in November, I believe, so. It's a gap. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cl- the gap is closing, and it's closing big time right now. Uh, Donnie Schatz is involved in an early race incident, ended up in the 26th spot. Uh, the points look like this. Brad Sweet has 8,802 points. Um, and then uh, David Gravel, he has he's only 68 points behind, like we said earlier. Carson Macedo is 128 points back in third. Gio Selzy is in fourth, 442 points back. Logan Schuhart, 446 points back in fifth. Donnie Schatz is 508 points back after those two rough nights. Yes, sir. Next up, uh, tonight, as we record this, Friday the 13th at uh, 81 Speedway in Wichita, Kansas. And then tomorrow night, October the 14th at Lakeside Speedway in Kansas City, Kansas. They- I think right now, if I were Donnie Schatz, uh-huh. being Friday the 13th and yeah. just... The rough luck that he's been having lately, I think I would find like all kinds of like black cat stuffed animals or something like that. Put them <laughs> on the car. Just I would do something. <laughs> I'd put it under. I put the car under a ladder. Um, <laughs> just anything to you know. It's our, all right. We already have bad luck. Let's see if we can make it worse or yep. or or change it by making by trying to make it worse. Yes, sir. Uh, they also raced. Uh, looks like on Tuesday, October the tenth, at High Limit Sprint Car Series Championship in Lincoln Park at Lincoln Park Speedway in Putnamville, Indiana. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Kyle Larson, who is uh, one of the promoters of the tour. Um, along with Brad Sweet, he showed up to Putnamville with a 15-point lead over Rico Abreu on Tuesday night. That meant if Rico Abreu won, Larson would have had to finish no lower than sixth to uh, claim the title. Larson started in seventh and narrowly dodged an accident in turns three and four to find himself contending with Abreu for the win mo- for a moment. Uh, uh, Rico got the uh, win over Tyler Courtney, passing Kyle Larson on the last lap to finish in second. Uh, Larson ended up finishing in third. And the way the points wrapped up, Kyle Larson was the points champion for the inaugural year of the High Limit Sprint Car Series. Rico Abreu finished seven points back in second, and Corey Elias in third, 146 points back. There you go. Hey, we had a retirement. That's right. Tonight will be the night that it actually happens, but there was the announcement just this last week on Facebook. Uh, one of the greatest racers of all time. I mean, uh, tonight's Kokomo Clash at Kokomo Speedway down in Kokomo. See what I did there? <laughs> Down in Kokomo? Way way down. That's where we want to go. It'll be (laughs) the last race in a storied career for the winningest driver in USAC history, the people's champ, Dave Darlin. Uh, A post on on Darlin's uh, Facebook page said this, 42 years of sprint car racing, 52 of being behind the wheel of a race car. That's a long (laughs) time. Uh, 100 plus races a year for many years. 
Thousands and thousands of miles traveled. Records set, records broke, fans who became friends and family. Great car owners to fulfill the need of racing. Awesome sponsors who made it happen. But now it's time for my family, my five grandkids, my time. I'm retiring. October 13th at Kokomo Speedway will be my last race. No looking back. The memories have, the memories have been made. I fulfilled my dreams and plans. Who would have thought that a straggly kid from Lincoln, Indiana would have come this far? Thank you to every person who stood beside me, with me, and against me. You made me the person that I am. The career that I've had, and I'm forever for, forever grateful. Thank you for being the best fans, friends, and family. There you go. We uh, wish the best to Dave. Yeah, he's one of, I mean, one of the people that I remember watching on TV, like Thursday Night Thunder. Yeah. Or uh, stuff like that. I remember watching him race since I was a kid. So, uh, yeah, and he is truly the people's champion. Everybody loved the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it was, um, it, it's, a, it's a great career and uh, wish him the best. There you go. All right. So where were you at? Uh, where was I? Uh, Friday, October 6th, Saturday, October 7th. We talked about it last week. I went and I ended up going there. It was the 52nd Jamestown Stock Car Stampede. It was quite the weekend. We had music, we had racing, we had accidents, we had a fight with a with a muskrat. I think sweet. Um, <laughs> all in all, pretty full weekend. Keg, keg stands and stuff like that. I didn't do any of that, but um, I might have helped. Um, <laughs> Hell, so we'll go to the help. racing action. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, and pancakes. Yeah, gotta can't go. forget the pancake breakfast. <laughs> uh, Slayton Pfeiffer passed six cars to win in the slingshots over Denton Schill and Landon Goudreau to uh, start out the night. Then it was Travis Edinger who uh, joined his kids Gavin and Jaden as Stampede champions. They both won in the slingshot class. And so his kids for many and Travis has raced for many years uh, for for quite a while. And I think it was uh, it was I was always giving them you know a little bit of guff every once in a while by saying hey who gets to uh, who gets to brag at the at the dinner table or at Thanksgiving or any of the holidays on who's the Stampede champion. Uh huh. He's like, oh, I'll get on there one day. And he finally did. <laughs> so that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> he got the hobby stock win. Dylan Sandberg finished in second. Seth Howe Keller finished in third. Then we moved on to a couple of uh, controversial issues here. Okay. Um, the crusher Justin Jones took the took the win in the sport mods, but was disqualified in post tech when it discovered that a wire was not connected to his MSD box. Uh-oh. That's a big no no. Um, that meant that Cresco Iowa's Cole Suckow ended up getting the win, uh, and. Uh, yeah, he came all the way from Iowa to win this event. That's, that shows you how big of a deal this is. He was declared the winner over Ryder Reynard and Gabe Deshaw. Alex Kukowski took the checkered flag in the Legends, but forgot to go to post-race tech. That handed the win over to Alex Brasseth. And uh, Preston Martin finished in second, and Ryan Erdahl rounded out the podium. The Nightmare Lucas Rodin, no controversy here. He went back-to-back with his Midwest Modified win over Aaron Michael and Justin Jones. Then it was Gabe Deshaw who uh, earned his first stock car stampede win in the stock cars over Sean Strand and Andrew Jokum. Travis Tooley won in the Modifieds over Stephen Pfeiffer and Jordan Sowers, and that was a, that was a pretty good battle out there. Kyle Anderson, he won his second stampede with his street stock win over Cole Gresseth and Spencer Johnson. Kyle Anderson, when he won his first one, mm-hmm. was deemed ineligible to play football that weekend. Really? Because uh, he had had a concussion. Oh, sure. So he was still in high school. Okay. And he came out and won in the Bombers that year. <laughs> and there's a picture of him jumping. He had to be about two feet off the roof of his car. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's been a while since then. Uh, so when he tried to do it, th- when he got in the car this time, he didn't do the jump. <laughs> but he got the win and, uh, and in, a, in great fashion out there. Then it was uh, Wasota National Point Leader and Rookie of the Year, 
Tyler Peterson, who got the win in the late model main event over Mike Gresseth and Ryan Michelson. All right, we had some local racing as well, right? Friday and Saturday, October 6th and 7th, the Fall Classic Ogilvy Raceway in Ogilvy, Minnesota. Cody Coomer won in the street stocks over Jim Gullickson and Jeff Ekdahl. Then it was Brady Larson who won in the Midwest Modifieds over Zach Benson and Andrew Inman. Dan Ebert was the winner in the Modifieds over Dave Kane and Clayton Wegeman. Shane Sabraski, you've heard his name a few times on here. Just uh, a couple. He's only, I think he's pushing eight or 900 wins now. Wow. He took over the win in the Super Stocks over Dexton Cook and Dylan Nelson. And it was Matthew Larson who got the win in the USRA, USRA Late Models over Charlie Olson and Cade Nelson. Tommy Bodden won in the Mod 4s over Tommy Pagonis and uh, Tyler Larson. And Pat Dore won in the Late Model Main Event over... Daniel Bargender and Michael Leach. All right, what happened in Formula One on Sunday, October eighth at Qatar Grand Prix? This might have been called. This might might as well have been called the Puke and Rally. <laughs> <laughs> it was hot out there, and a lot of drivers experienced a lot of heat related issues. Uh, one of the things Esteban Ocon ended up throwing up in his helmet on lap fifteen. Sweet, out of fifty seven. And the Broncos did that playing football last night as <laughs> collectively as a team. Uh, just last night? Oh, okay. <laughs> he ended up, Esteban Ocon ended up finishing in the seventh spot in this whole thing, too. After, again, puking on lap 15 out of 57, and he still made it. Could you imagine? No. I mean, that stuff doesn't dry up. <laughs> it gets super hot and boils before. <laughs> so you got boiling vomit yeah. in your helmet. Yep. And, um, and with and, the kind of, like, nutrition and, diets that uh, they're on. Yeah. I mean, now you're trying to race without puking again with the boiling puke in your helmet. Uh, It's like, what can make this work? Oh, I got more. I got more vomit. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, with all the different kinds of nutrition and everything like that, with their diets and everything like the pre-workout, they probably take all that kind of stuff. All the vitamins, (laughs) the smell had been worse than, you know, Duffy's when after St. Patty's Day. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but we'll go to the fun part. Max Verstappen picked up the win. Uh, it was only his 14th win of the year in a blistering hot night in Qatar or Qatar cutter. 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 Yeah, I'm not sure. It's I've heard many different ones. Yep. Um, when I go there, I'll learn. Uh, the <laughs> McLaren team pulled off a record pit stop at just 1.8 seconds. I couldn't hit this desk twice in one eight, <laughs> 1.8 seconds with the same hand. Uh, so that uh, that was uh, helping out uh, Oscar, Pia- Oscar Piastri, who got his best finish of his career with the runner-up spot. His teammate Lando Calarizian Norris finished in third. <laughs> oh, that's not his middle name. Um, no? Oh, oh, that's Star Wars. Yeah, that, I think so. They they go fast, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. Uh, but yeah, he's... He's one of the he's the fastest Lando as of now <laughs> on this planet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, Verstappen, um, he pretty much clinched the points championship by making sure he had his shoes on the right feet uh, <laughs> that day. He has 433 points. Sergio Perez, his teammate, is in second, 209 points back only. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Lewis Hamilton is 219 points back in the third spot. So there's a good battle for second. Um, it's kind of like watching Larry Bird in the three-point contest right now. <laughs> Who's playing for second? Yeah. Where are they going next? Uh, they will be Sunday, October 22nd, United States Grand Prix at COTA, the Circuit of uh, the Americas in Austin, Texas. All right. And we had some rollovers. That's for- right. <laughs> the Stampede had a share of thrills and spills, and we have a new point leader out of this, oh, by the boy. way. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, Lance Schill, he put his late model up on its lid on Friday night, scoring two points. 
Um, he was unable to really continue or to continue at all for the rest of the weekend. On Saturday, Corey Seekerson became the only driver in the history of this contest to enter it three times in one year. Overachieving. Um, yeah, he got he got steadily better at this as he went. By the <laughs> way, and uh, so I don't. I hope he quits racing <laughs> or stops running on the high side. Because that seems to be the common one of the common factors there. Uh, Seekerson flipped his legend four and three quarters times just to Good. take the season high mark there. Good grief, man. 19 points. He bested Rick Schultz, who had a four and a half earlier this year. So uh, that, that puts his already in this plus his already scored 10 points. Puts him soundly in the lead with 29 points. His, his 10 points already before that yeah. had him in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, out of the now 34 people that have entered this contest, <laughs> unknowingly. Commanding lead. <laughs> Very commanding lead. Uh, and from a legend car to a le- the legend himself, Stony Crook, he flipped his street stock three and three quarters times, which also put him kind of towards the top of the uh, the sheet. Also had a pretty good uh, out- outlook about it. He, he, I walked up to him and he was looking at his car. It was pretty much destroyed and had a beer in his hand and a big smile on his face when I got to got to him to see how he was. <laughs> well, that's but good. He uh, ended up scoring 15 points on that three and three quarter roll. All right. And the rules are they have to be okay or they... Right. We, yeah. They, they took they took Seekerson in for observation because he was a little bit wobbly after uh-huh. after that and rightfully so. I mean, those legend cars are tiny. Yeah. And to flip four and three quarters times in anything. Oof. Try the, to do that. Try to do a somersault right now. Right. No. No, I won't. <laughs> no. I'm not Simone Biles. I can't do it without hurting myself. Right. Exactly. So imagine doing that, but hitting things yeah. while you're doing it. Banging around like that. No. No, thank you. So we're glad that they're all okay. That's and right. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, that wraps it up for this episode of Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap. Remember, you can find us anywhere you find your podcast. Let a friend know. You can find us on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, and especially at kfgo.com and the KFGO app. So for Corey Litton, I'm Ryan Janke. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap.